0: Welcome to Heart of the Matter. I'm Sean McCraney. This is a live call-in show. On the first show, um, someone asked, much to my embarrassment, if I had been baptized, and I had to admit that uh, it, it had not crossed my mind. On Friday, March 31st, I was baptized in my backyard jacuzzi by my mentor and spiritual advisor, Carl Westerland. Uh, shortly thereafter, my youngest daughter asked if she could be baptized and my LDS wife asked if she could be baptized. Carl Westland asked my wife, do you believe in Jesus Christ? And she said, yes. And he said, then I baptize you in the name of the father and of the son and of the Holy Ghost. And he baptized her and it was a wonderful event. When it comes to positive feelings about the LDS church, the general public has some, has some usual opinions, strong family, uh, industrious, self-sufficient, clean living, um, organized, friendly, missionaries on bicycles. They have the, the, the images of the positive things. And when it comes to the negative things about the LDS church, people have the general, generally the same um, opinions and ideas. There's the blacks in the priesthood and polygamy. There's um, blood atonement and authoritarian ideas that that it's uh, male-dominated. The C-U-L-T word comes up sometimes, mountain meadows, becoming gods, uh, Jesus, the brother of Satan. Those things always come up when it comes to negative aspects of the LDS church. Sometimes they're taken out of context, sometimes not. I'm going to say something right now that is going to be or seem inflammatory to some people but I think all things considered, I don't don't see any harm in saying what I'm about to say. This show does not care about LDS history. Uh, We do not care if the Latter-day Saint Church has modern day prophets and apostles, if you insist on maintaining a priesthood organization, Sabbath day observances, uh, even, hang on to your hats now, temple rites and extra biblical scripture. If you choose to maintain those things, that's your prerogative. There's a lot of different peculiarities among denominations worldwide, Christian denominations. And it's really taking it to an extreme, and I think that you could argue many of those things to a point, and I would, I don't necessarily think they're they're right, but knock yourselves out. If you want to include those things, and if those things make you draw closer to God in your way than then who what am I to say? But this being said, there are two unconscionable aspects of Mormonism uh, that are, in my opinion, absolute spiritual tragedies, especially for a group claiming to represent Jesus. Now, we first discussed the first of these tragedies, and that was the, the LDS Church does not um, promote spiritual regeneration through faith in Jesus Christ uh, it, uh, it 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 promotes works and it promotes faith but there's a uh, cart before the horse issue that we talked about on the first and second and third shows and if you want to see those you can watch those again so that's my first criticism is that Jesus is not invited to spiritually regenerate Mormons the way the Bible tells them to be the second great wrong that Mormonism has done to the membership at large Uh, and I believe that the leadership past present and future is going to stand before Almighty God for this is they have caused the members to discount question and view the Bible as an inferior source of God's truth when Joseph Smith introduced the book of Mormon which Latter day Saints call another witness of Jesus Christ, another testament of Jesus Christ, he inferred that the Bible was not complete. Only makes sense, right? If the Bible was complete and reliable, what need would anyone have for another book? So, in order for the Book of Mormon to get legs, the Bible had to be deemed either inferior, incomplete, incomplete not trustworthy, or whatever the, the uh, adjective is you want to describe it, those things were start, started to get thrown around at the time the Book of Mormon came forth. The Bible was officially legitima- legitimatized by the LDS Church, both in uh, the text of the Book of Mormon... And in Joseph Smith's article of faith, which he wrote that says, we believe that the Bible to be the word of God as far as it's translated correctly. And then we also believe the Book of Mormon to be the word of God. Uh, Stoking the fires of doubt, other LDS leaders have over the years contributed to the most active Latter-day Saints regard for the Bible as iffy. I want to read to you. I usually don't go to historical documents on this show or the website, But I want to read to you some quotes that have helped establish this somewhat of a mockery for the Bible in the LDS Church. This is from Orson Pratt, talking about the Bible. Add all this imperfect information to the uncertainty of the translation, and who in his right mind could, for one moment, suppose the Bible in its present form to be a perfect guide? Who knows that even one verse of the whole Bible has escaped pollution? So as to convey the same sense that it did in the original. Orson Pratt questioned that even if one verse wasn't polluted. Um, Bruce McConkie, 1982. The Bible bears true witness of God and his gospel as far as it is translated correctly. Many plain and precious things have been deleted, however, and the Book of Mormon is the means Provided by divine wisdom to pour forth the gospel word as it is given in perfection to the ancients. It has become, it has come to preserve and sustain the Bible, not distort or delude its message. Satan guides his servants in taking many plain and precious things and many of the covenants of the Lord from the Bible so that men would stumble and fall and lose their souls. The First Presidency of the LDS Church in 1992 said, The most reliable way to measure the accuracy of any biblical passage is not by comparing different texts, but by comparison with the Book of Mormon and modern-day revelations. No matter what a Latter-day Saint says relative to the Bible, no no matter how much they claim that they love it, that they accept it, that they respect it, that it's part of their canon... Um, they hold three other books composed at the hand of one man above the holy canon of the Bible. Now, what does God say about his word? Listen to this, what he says about his word, and this is from the biblical text. It will endure. Matthew twenty four thirty five: The heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Isaiah 34, 16, seek ye out of the book of the Lord. What's the book of the Lord? And read, no one of these shall fail. Isaiah 48, the grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. 1 Peter 1, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever forever. Why would God have apostles or prophets or people record revelations if they were just going to end up bastardized by man? If they were going to end up inferior and and lead people to uh, the throes of Satan? Why would God give them revelations in the first place? Isn't God strong enough to bring his word forward to our day and age in a perfect form? Don't you believe in a God that can do that? I do. Jesus trusted the scriptures in his life that were older to him in many cases than the New Testament is to us. He said it is written so many times. When, the, when Satan came and tempted him, he just referred to the scripture. He trusted Deuteronomy 8 when he quoted that to Satan when he was being tried in the wilderness. And, and yet, LDS Church has besmirched the Bible's name. Nowhere in the Bible does the Lord ask you to pray to know if it is true. Uh, This is an ideology of men. To take something and pray and ask, hey, is this true? The Word of God does not ask you to do that. How can you know biblical truth? There's two ways, and it goes back to the two things I think that's missing in the LDS church. One is you must be born again through faith in Jesus Christ. Why? You must be spiritually minded. In 1 Corinthians 2.14, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. I have to tell you, when I came to know the Lord, and I sat down and read the Bible without any commentary, without any pastor or preacher teaching it to me, the Word opened up to me in a way that was miraculously clear and completely different in understanding than it had been before I had been regenerated by the Lord. All right? Second, let's turn to the Word to see how believers discover truth. In Acts uh, chapter 17, verses verses 10 through 11, they're talking about the Bereans and what the Bereans did, and it's relative to to their style and how they lived. It said, These were were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they received the Word with all readiness of mind and searched the Scriptures daily, whether those things were so. I want to tell you that translations of the Bible are not the issue. They have never been the issue. We will make the biggest deal out of what translation and what this and what that. That is not the issue. And let me give you an example. Suppose that we took an arena that would hold 2,000 people. And these people were all of different ages, different races, different nationalities. They all spoke different languages, all right? And they had all been spiritually regenerated by God in their own countries and they sat down with a reputable version of the Bible, whatever it was, and they started reading the same verse or the same chapter. I propose to you, one, they're reading different languages, they're reading different translations, but I propose to you that God, through his Holy Spirit, reveals the truth of his word to those people as they read. It's the motivation and the faith and the intent of the reading that makes the word of God clear to a person. It is not the translation. Now, yes, there are translations that are horrible, that will totally change the meaning from the Greek and from the Hebrew. Okay, but I'm talking about a good, reputable translation, even a bad one probably. God can work through to that person to teach his truth. So it's not the translations. It's the willingness to believe and to discern. God values his word above his own name. Psalms 138, 2. I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth, for thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. His word is more important, more magnified than his name alone. He establishes his doctrines and beliefs through the Bible. 2 Timothy 3.15, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. It testifies of Jesus in John 5.39, search the scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life and they are which that testify of me. And they divide our soul and spirit, our thoughts, and our intents. For Hebrews four twelve. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing even through to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. I've just read you a few biblical verses on how important the word of God is to people who follow Christ. The LDS church needs to turn and have their people hold that book up at least in equality to the Book of Mormon. Not more than five days ago, um, the LDS leaders got together in the general conference and again held up the Book of Mormon as the most correct book on earth and the book that will draw you closer to God than any book on earth. That tacitly, tacitly makes the Bible inferior You're talking about a book that, I have said this before, has not one single bit of archaeological evidence to it, not one linguistic evidence, not one DNA evidence, not one genetic evidence, nothing. Go to the Smithsonian. If you read some of those websites, they're not giving you the straight shot. If you really talk to someone straight at farms, they're not not giving you the straight shot. I have friends that will defend a book that has absolutely no historical value whatsoever To to the Bible that is filled with testamentary truths. And they'll claim that this book, which has nothing, is superior to the one that has changed millions of lives. I want to finish my diatribe, sorry, by reading a quote from Vernon McGee. It's going to take me about a minute and a half. This book, talking about the Bible, contains the mind of God, the state of man, the way of salvation. The doom of sinners, the happiness of believers. Its doctrines are holy. Its precepts are binding. Its histories are true and its decisions are immutable. Read it to be wise, believe it to be safe, and practice it to be holy. It contains light to direct you, food to support you, and comfort to cheer you. It's the traveler's map, the pilgrim's staff, the pilot's compass, the soldier's sword, the Christian's charter. Here, paradise is restored. Heaven opened and the gates of hell disclosed. Christ is its grand object. Our good is its design and the glory of God its end. It shall fill the memory, rule the heart, guide the feet, read it slowly, frequently, prayerfully. It's a mine of wealth, a paradise of glory and a river of pleasure. It's given you in life. It will be opened in the judgment. It will be remembered forever. It involves the highest responsibility, will reward the greatest labor, and will condemn all who trifle with its sacred context. I pray that the Latter-day Saints, in addition to embracing spiritual regeneration through faith on the Lord Jesus Christ, will turn to the holiness of the Bible and learn the true word of God from its perfect and infallible messages. We're gonna go to the phone lines. We have Doug on line one. Doug, fire away. Hello, Sean, how you
1: doing tonight?
0: I'm sweating, it's hot here in Utah.
1: There you go. Orson Pratt, the apostle, the Mormon apostle, made a number of statements regarding the Book of Mormon. One of them, if true, no one can possibly be saved and reject it. If false, no one can possibly be saved and receive it. Wow. And after a rigid examination, if it's found to be an imposition, it should be extensively published to the world as such. The evidences and arguments on which the imposture was detected should be clearly and logically stated. In other words, even the Mormons themselves They place such high regard on the Book of Mormon that they admit that it would be the greatest deceit palmed upon America and the world, right? uh, If it be an imposture,
0: right? You know what, Douglas? uh, If I was, I'm not going to use the Book of Mormon because of all the arguments with it, but I agree with you. But if I was to hold up the Bible right here in one hand and the Doctrine and Covenants in the other hand, all I have to say is. If you're a Latter-day Saint, you cannot embrace both. If you want to embrace the Doctrine and Covenants, embrace it with all your heart and believe Joseph's word through all 136 or 138 sections, whatever it is, but throw this away. Absolutely throw this book away because they are in conflict. If you don't think the Book of Mormon is, read the Doctrine and Covenants and Pearl of Great Price. The
1: Doctrine and Covenants isn't quite what it once was. In 1917, they totally... Rewrote the book. They did. And they changed it drastically, and it still is in direct conflict with much it is. Of the Bible.
0: Douglas, I appreciate your call.
1: Have a nice evening. Ta-
0: take care now. We got a call here. Uh, what is expected of LDS children? Um, what is expected of them? Well, LDS children, are, there's a lot expected of them. They're expected to uh, really live righteously, but to learn by their parents. They are given a a kind of a free ride until they're eight years old, and then at eight years of age or around that time, depending on the child, they're accountable for the sins that they commit. Um, You're expected to attend your meetings. You're expected to do the things that your teachers tell you to, and you're expected to uh, do the other things that are good, pray and, and, uh, and read scriptures and so LDS children, I, I don't know if I understand the, uh, the, the question completely, but I can tell you the difference between the LDS children and Christian children for the most part. In my experience, I just went through a whole course on, on teaching children. And uh, my experience is that uh, when you teach children, you have to help them understand their need for the Lord. And every message in the Christian church is about the Lord. And they spend an awful lot of time and money and effort to teach the stories of the Bible through and through with felt markers and movies and things. Everything is about the Bible and everything is about their relationship to the Lord. Uh, LDS children have a lot more heaped on them because they're also asked to memorize the prophets of the LDS church and histories about them and church history and and, uh, things like that. So you have things added on to you. But those are the differences between the LDS church and uh, and the Christian church when it comes to children. I have Sean on line three. Sean, you're on live.
2: Hello. Hi. I just just have a question for you. You say that we do, that Mormons don't believe in the Bible. I have my Bible right here, Yeah. and I have a question about James, chapter 1, verse 5. If any of you you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Mm -hmm. So what does that mean? Does that just, that doesn't have anything to do with praying and... We pray to our heavenly Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So, how can you say we as Mormons do not believe that?
0: No, I don't say you don't believe uh, portions of and the we Bible. We don't
2: believe that the Bible, the Bible, because that is in Joseph Smith's Doctrine and Covenants. He says, "Go to James."
0: Yeah. That's what it says? Yeah. He James one five. That's what led him to go to the garden, the gro- the grove, and pray. Yeah.
2: So how can you say that we do not believe in the Bible? Well, I I hold the Bible up higher than the Book of Mormon because well you're you're
0: unusual, Sean. You're unusual. Uh, you've just heard your own prophets in your General Conference say that the Book of Mormon will get you closer to God than any book on earth. So if you're LDS and you hold the Bi- Bible higher than the Book of Mormon, you're an aberration.
2: Well, I I believe that too because I mean I've I've ridden the ri- I've Sorry, I'm just a little. That's all right. And my little girls are running around, too. I have girls,
0: too. (laughs) They make anybody stutter.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I've read the Book of Mormon. I believe everything that it says. I've read a lot in the, the Bible and everything, and sometimes it does get a little too technical for some people and too spiritual. I think that's a lot of people's problems is they can't get past that technical part of it, like Isaiah, for instance.
0: You may be right, but the Book of Mormon quotes Isaiah extensively verbatim. But anyway, let me ask you this, Sean. Have you been born again? Do you know your place with God?
2: Yes, I do. I, I totally believe that I am, <laughs> I am saved and that I, I believe wholeheartedly in Jesus Christ and my Heavenly Father.
0: And, and not to pressure you, and if you don't want to answer this, it's okay, but when you say that you're saved, what does that mean?
2: That means that saved is such a such a like a strong type of word for it. But I mean, I believe by you know by my works that I will be able to live and see Jesus Christ and my heavenly Father.
0: Okay. After. I I would question I would question some things with you. We don't have time, but. But uh, I would challenge you to read just the first chapter, first two chapters of Ephesians. You say you believe the Bible. Of what? Ephesians. Ephesians. Call me back next week. Okay. All right, Sean. Take care. Uh-huh. Bye bye. Jamie, you're online too. Jamie.
3: Hi, Sean. I'm just going to ask you a quick question and, and then hang up. Okay. Over um, the television. But I um, was watching your program two or three weeks ago, and um, you had talked about the LDS church branching off into two different yeah. um, sectors and I just wondered if you could kind of clarify that for me. I am beginning to study the Bible and just have major amounts of confusion and hope you could clear that up for me.
0: Okay, before you hang up, let me just tell you uh, though, that was a hypothetical situation. You, you knew that though, right?
3: Oh, I did not.
0: Yeah, I was, I was proposing how wonderful it would be to make a step where the LDS Church can keep their, their celestial structure going of the people who believe they're going to the celestial kingdom and live perfect lives. And then they could have another one where, where people are uh, failing and know that they're uh, they're suffering and, and just confused and everything else and they're Bible-believing. Uh, and, and I was just kind of proposing a hypothetical, Jamie, that's all.
3: Oh, okay. Well, I'm really glad to know that, and I must have tuned in right after Yeah. That became clear because it's, it's kind of bothered me for the last couple of
0: weeks. Jamie, can I tell you this? Sure. I just want to tell you that I just want to say this to you. I was LDS too. I, you, if you know Jesus, you will understand that he does everything for you, Jamie. Everything. And when you come to that point and you give your life over to him, you're going to see everything in a new way.
3: Well, I thank you for that, and, and I am beginning um, to understand.
0: God bless you, Jamie.
3: You. Bye-bye.
0: Bye-bye. Erica, line one. Erica. Hi. Hi. How are you?
4: Good. Hey, I just have a quick question. You kind of already answered it, but where I just want to know
3: where you are, got your education regarding the LDS Church. I'm just interested in knowing where your information comes from.
0: Um you know, I should probably preface every show with this because we have new listeners, but I did—I covered it in the first one. I was a Latter-day Saint for 40 years. I was born in the covenant. My parents are still LDS. My brothers and sisters are all LDS. I was in the church till I was 40 years of age. I was a high counselor. I was a high priest and a bishopric, a seminary teacher. Uh, I went the rounds. But the problem was, Erica, is I knew in my heart I was a sinner. And I knew that I was constantly struggling to be- reach perfection through my own efforts and works, and I couldn't do it, and it was driving me crazy. And it drove me to the point where I just—I came to the Lord one day on the side of the road, and I just begged Him to take over my life, and He did it. And so that was the dividing point where I started. I didn't leave the church for another four years, but that's where I came to understand the difference between religion and a relationship with Christ.
4: Mm-hmm. Okay, well, thank you. You're welcome, Erica. All right, bye. You have a good night.
0: Bye-bye. All right, we have a... I don't think it's Christian behavior to try and prove other religions wrong. As Christians, we need to have peace and make the world a better place. Attacking other Christian sects does not promote peace. Well, I believe this is from Laura in Provo. um, Peace if possible, but truth always, Laura. Let me give you an example. I don't know if you have children, but let's say that you had a, and this is a bad correlation. It doesn't mean I want you to correlate this to what I'm doing here. But let's say you had a child come to you who was 17 years old and said, you know what, I really like smoking pot, Mom. I, I mean, I, I know it, it's, it's illegal, but you know, I think I have some medical reasons for it, and, uh, and I just really like it, and it doesn't hurt anybody else, and it's just my belief, and it makes me a better person, and it makes me happy, and all the other things that people say about it. Are you going to say, well, I want peace in my house. You know, baby, go on, do it. You know, I'm happy for you. No, there is, there's a time and place for peace and there's a time and place when you contend, that's the scripture, for the faith. Look that up in the Bible. when We need to contend for the faith and we need to be vigilant in in preaching the word of truth. Now, I want you to understand, I don't have an agenda to really stir it up with Latter-day Saints about the things that most Counter-cult ministries do. I'm an emphatic speaker, and it seems like I'm really attacking, but I stay away from most of the things with LDS history. I only have one issue, actually two, the spiritual rebirth and the Bible. Those are the things that I talk on. And I have to, in good conscience and knowing the Word of God, stand on what is right and what is not. So I'm sorry that you feel like I'm disrupting and attacking, but sometimes you have to attack an issue in order to get through it. So that's my answer for that. We have Moses. I have always wanted to talk to Moses on line three. Moses, you're on. Hello? Hey, Moses. Hey, what's up? Hey, not much. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Love your name. Huh? I love your name.
1: <laughs> Thanks. <Moshua. laughs> um, My question was, I'm Methodist, and I just probably got back from a camp, and they taught us a lot down there, and we're trying to get our worship in my church to be more contemporary
0: Mm
5: -hmm.
1: and um, we just don't know how to do that because our church is very traditionalized and and we're kind of scared of like the older folks because like I'm only 17 and
0: (laughs) oh yeah we're trying to bring it around you know know what happens a lot Moses yeah I don't recommend this but I would first go to your pastor see if you can develop a youth ministry Mm -hmm. and uh, and kind of branch off, be a subsidiary of your church, and have a more youth-oriented service. And if that doesn't fly, a lot of churches, uh, they, they split. I'm not saying you should, but a lot of them do because there's a certain generation that, that uh, relates to the Lord in a different way than the older generation. It sounds like you're in that. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, if if not that, then maybe you have to seek out and find another church. Now, I know there's a lot of churches in the Salt Lake Valley. Where are you from? I'm from Kern. Kern. I don't know where that is relative to Salt Lake, but... Uh, there's a lot in Salt Lake that are really youth-driven and got some some really great music. It's not my flavor, but it, it, really great music that youth like, and you might uh, go that way. Okay. Thanks a lot. <laughs> hey, Moses. Thanks for calling. All right. See you Bye. later. Bye. Bye. Polly on line two. Polly.
4: Um, hi. I was just calling for a couple things. Okay. How you say that the LDS people aren't Christian, that kind of bothers me. And, Did I say that?
0: Um, Wait a minute. Did I say that?
4: You keep saying that the Christian children and the LDS children.
0: There, well, there is a difference. Gordon B. Hinckley said he doesn't want to be known as a Christian in the way Christians believe in Christ now. So there is a difference. You're LDS, and there's Christians.
4: Okay, but I'm just. Um, in in the Bible, it says, "By their fruits you shall know them." Right. And you look at what our church is doing nowadays, uh-huh. and what they've always done, and where our, um, we are taught to live the way that, that Christ lived and to be Christ-like. And so many religions out there nowadays are not being Christ-like because I don't know of any part in Christ's ministry where he went and heckled other religions and what we have to endure when we have conference. And
6: I, don't,
0: I don't agree with what they do there at all. And I'm, oh, I'm glad. I'm, I'm sorry, sorry for it, that.
4: It, it really... Um, and another thing...
0: But I, I, I have to interject because this is a two-way thing. Christians get heckled all the time by different uh, associations. Uh, the church I go to, Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, has people picketing outside all the time, too.
4: Well, and, and they're not Christ-like, and they're not Christian, because if you're going to be Christian, you need to, to pattern your life um, towards the way that Christ lived. And I just want you to know that, um, I don't mean this derogatory, but you're very ignorant when it comes to mm. um, the LDS religion. And really? that people don't think, the majority of the people in the church don't think that they are um, perfect and they're going to the celestial kingdom. We all know that we're sinners down here. We all know that we cannot be perfect on our own, and that's why we need the Savior to
6: mm-hmm.
4: get us to the degrees mm-hmm. of glory that we want to be in. And,
0: um... Polly, you've made a number of statements. I have to have a chance to defend them. First of all, you talked about the works. You talked about the fruit. The fruit is the fruit of the Spirit. Do you know what the Bible calls the fruit of the Spirit, Polly?
4: Um, you know, I... Probably
0: not as well as you do. Well, I'm, I guess I'm ignorant in Mormonism, but maybe I'm not as ignorant in the Bible. Uh, the, the Bible talks about the fruit of the Spirit being love, peace, joy, uh, long-suffering, and these are fruits of the Spirit. And where does a fruit grow from? It grows from us being in the vine. If we are not in the vine we cannot produce any fruits that are worthwhile. And your works, when they're judged on the Bema Seat at the last day, they're gonna burn as hay and stubble or wood, depending on your motivation, or as silver and precious stones. So your works, no matter what you do, if the motivation is not right, then they are gonna be worth nothing. And the motivation for those works is you abiding in Christ and doing the spirit, the works of his spirit, which is love. The Latter-day
4: Saint people do that.
0: Okay. Uh, You can, you can, we can go back and forth on that. Now, let me say this too. I do not say all Latter-day Saints are not Christian, are not born again, or, or are not going to heaven. I don't say that. But Mormonism, Polly, I'm sorry, I'm not ignorant of Mormonism. And uh, I'm sorry, we could sit down and we could go point by point. That's not what this show's about. But I could go point by point in showing you how Mormonism does not teach biblical Christianity and it has its own version of salvation.
4: Okay, but the Bible, how many different hands has the Bible gone through? How many different versions of the Bible is? Even
0: a greater evidence of its truthfulness.
4: You know what? No, it's not. It's It's not? the words of men. Um, mingled with script.
0: Now you're showing me what How you think pass- of the Bible. How could you be Christian and have this attitude of the word of God? This is my very point. You're proving it right here. Well,
4: as long as it is translated correctly. Oh,
0: and who translates it? That
4: we embrace. Who translates I love it, Paulie? I think that
0: You love it, Polly You don't love it. You're 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 br- demeaning it right here on live I, television I'm with thousands not. of people watching. You're bringing down the word of God. I'm not. This is a problem. Sir,
4: I'm not.
0: You are. Okay then, what did you do?
4: I'm saying that that the Bible has gone through so many different interpretations and in so many different hands that that which, which Bible do you read? Which do you read the King all James, of them? James version or do you read
0: All of them? All of them? Sure.
4: Okay. Well, and and that's that's fine but that um, I just I didn't call to to make you feel anger towards the Mormon church. I'm sorry that you, you, you
0: feel that you way. You can't make me feel anger towards I it. Fight. I just I, I dis- will stand for what is right, Polly. We have, I, I appreciate your call. You have things to bring up, and I'm glad you called about them. We're going to go on to Stephen on line one. Thank you for calling. Stephen, you're on.
7: Yes, how are you doing tonight?
0: I'm doing all right. How are you? Great.
7: Hey, I've got a question for you. All right. It'll be complicated. Okay. But um, Got
0: to be quick, Stephen.
7: Well, the, the Bible, as we know, isn't held as high regard as the Book of Mormon. In in the Mormon faith. Okay. And the Book of Mormon has had 3,900 changes since it was originally written. Okay. Um, The question I have is the main gospel of the Mormon church is not contained in the Book of Mormon. Right. That their fullness of the gospel is not the fullness. Right. It's actually contained in the Doctrine and Covenants. Right. My question is this maybe you can answer it. Why do the missionaries not show up to your home carrying the Doctrine and Covenants, giving you that? have you pray whether that's true reading that because that's their gospel
0: do you want to know the Mormon reason why if I was a Mormon you know how I'd answer that How's that? because we're gonna give them the milk of the word first and once they come to understand the truthfulness of the Book of Mormon then they can they can handle the meat of the gospel that's why we give them the Book of Mormon first that's what a Mormon would say now what I would say because they want to trap you, and once they've trapped you, then they'll give you the hard stuff, and when you're so ingrained and baptized and everything else, and you start hearing about you can become a god and have lives, I mean, then you're kind of sunk, but uh, that's my, I'm sorry if I offended you, it's kind of funny, you know, and you guys laugh within yourselves about this stuff too, so I can do it.
7: Okay, well, that that doesn't offend me at all, I mean, we have to look at things and evaluate the truth, the Bible tells you to do that. Yeah. And I would, I would hope that people would look at that and say, why aren't they going into people's homes and praying about that, that Doctrine and Covenants?
0: That's a great question for people to ask the missionaries when the missionaries come to their home. And it's a great point because the doc- that's why I used the Doctrine and Covenants here and held up. They, you can't hold it with the Bible and consider them uh, the, uh, singing from the same hymnal. I agree. Well, yeah, great be- point. All right, Stephen, thank you for calling. We have Noah on line three. I only know one person named Noah. Noah, you're on.
5: Hello.
0: uncle. It's my, uncle, it's my nephew, Noah. What's happening, Noah?
2: <laughs> I just call in, and I just want to offer you my congratulations on your newly acquired baptism.
0: Hey, thanks, brother.
2: I was able to um, get online and see the incredible pictures um, on uh, bornagainmormon.com. All right. Uh, just wanted to let you know that was uh, very inspiring, and, and thank you for that, um, that act of uh, inspiration. It was very nice.
0: Thanks. I look forward to yours. Uh, Noah is uh, is uh, embarking on a relationship with Christ through uh, Christian church with his wife and daughters. And, uh, and that's the story behind that great nephew of mine. No- Noah.
7: Yes,
1: sir. Th-
0: thanks for calling, brother.
1: Thank you, Uncle. I love you.
0: Love you too, man. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We're going to Jared, who's born again on uh, line two. Yes. How's it going, Sean? Hey, Jared. Good. How are you?
8: Good. Hey, I just had a question about that... Uh... I uh, just tuned in just to catch that part about spiritual uh, regeneration yeah your faith in Christ and I was wondering because I'm LDS myself and uh, i'm I'm pretty sure we believe that i'm I'm just trying to see what if you'd clarify kind of what that what that is what you mean by that
0: um, you know uh, two things before I answer Jared if you go on the website The two shows that we first shot, uh, show one and two, we go through that. I go through that really in depth. But if you want to take the time, you can hear a more uh, advanced version of it. But I'll give you my answer right now. The difference between the LDS version of spiritual uh, regeneration, being born again, and the Christian version is um, the best way for me to describe it is a uh, horse before the cart. And I believe that the horse before the cart in Christianity is they give their lives, their will, everything to Jesus and ask them to save them from hell and bring them to heaven and then the horse Jesus pulls the cart and they work after their lives they work their lives out and do the works of the Lord in the LDS faith it's you you repent and you work and you prepare yourself and then you are worthy of receiving the Lord in your life to guide you to salvation and to me it's a cart before the horse you have the works and the efforts to 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 make yourself worthy of receiving salvation, and you'll go your whole life and never know that Jesus paid the price on the cross and saved you from your sins. That's the fundamental uh, thumbnail essence of of what I'm saying. Yeah I, I
8: know I, I know that's a common um, a common thought about the the church. and I know a lot of people um, say that, but as I've studied and things really, uh, I, I understand because we do talk a lot about, you know, it's important to keep the commandments and those things.
0: It is important.
8: Um, for me, I mean, I I, was, I mean, I thought that that was repentance. You know, that you're, you're praying to the Lord and asking Him, you know, with faith to, to take over your life and to rescue me. Because I'm a sinner, obviously, you know, there's nothing I can do. Um,
0: well, that's great, Jared. I praise God for that. Let me ask you, do you know if you died today, that you're going to live with God right now? I believe so. Well, that's phenomenal. I, I, I can't dispute that. I congratulate, I praise God for your, for your walk. If, if this is, uh, now what the Christians will email me, I'll get at least five emails on this this week. Well, you should have asked him, is, are you born again through the real Jesus? But I, I believe, you've heard all that, that stuff. I believe that uh, you have faith in Jesus and you're going to come to know the real Jesus as you continue to go along. And, and I
8: have, and the way that I have is by keeping those commandments, you know?
0: Yeah, well, if you love him, you or keep his commandments, commandments
8: yeah. And, and live after the way that he would have you live, the the more you... And, I, and that's why the Church, I believe, is so stressful on keeping the commandments, you know, because, like you said, um, in John seventeen three, it says, This life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ in that sent. Sure. John later on and first John says that how do we know that we know him if we keep his commandments? right
0: yeah and 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 so knowing that you know him you will keep his commandments and so that's a great test for anyone who says they've been born again but I propose to you that you can keep commandments without knowing him that's true yeah and you can you can I mean look at the Jews before who rejected Jesus message I mean, they kept, they, they, if it, Jesus said, if you don't have the righteousness of the Pharisees, you'll never make it. And his apostles were just like, well, what are we going to do? I mean, they kept the law, but they didn't even know God. So that, this is the, the equivocation. But watch those first two shows, and if it isn't clear, then call back. Yeah. All right, man, I got Maggie on line one. Maggie, you're on Heart of the Matter. Hi. Hi.
6: I have a question. All right. Um, about seven years ago, I signed permission for my son to uh, be sealed to his father in the temple Uh when he married his second wife in the temple. And shortly after that, I received my church record. I'm a baptized Mormon, but not a practicing one. Uh And it says on my church record that I have no children. Wow. And when I called to find out about that, I called the church headquarters. Uh And what they told me was, that in the hereafter, my son would be able to come down to see me and know that I was his earthly mother. Oh, wow. But since I didn't go to the temple, I wasn't a good enough mother to, for them to recognize me as his mother.
0: Great stuff. Maggie, yes. let, let me say this. God is going to decide everything in the hereafter. That's how I feel too. And this church is not deciding if you've had children or not and if they can come visit you down or not in this multi... This... Oh, I'm, st- I'm sorry. I'm starting
6: to get No, I'm angry too and heated. this has been seven years. So, yeah. And I can't get it fixed.
0: Maggie, let me ask you. Do you know the Lord? Have you, You're not going to Mormonism. Uh, you're not going to the LDS church. Are, do, you, do you go to church at all? I don't. Maggie. Maggie. come to know the Lord. I'm, I, I just... I can't tell you... It, it's not a down, it, he'll accept you as you are. He'll take you as you are. That's why he came. I believe that. Well, go and just learn more about him. It's no big deal and, and it will become part of your life that you won't believe. Just give him a ch- I think religion has harmed so many people in this state because it's made them so, you've got to be kidding, you know, but there's, there's so many good Christian churches. Just step into one and give it a chance, Maggie, please. I will. All right, Maggie. Praise God. Thank you. You have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. We're going to Steve on line three. Steve. Sean. Yes.
9: God bless you, brother. You're doing a great thing, man.
0: Thanks. Same to you.
9: I uh, just wanted to make a statement more than anything. Um, I've read the Book of Mormon a couple dozen times and uh, was baptized LDS and was raised in the church and have uh, left the church Uh, because of the simple fact that I realize that Christ accepts me for who I am. Amen. And I don't need to live to anybody else's standards but God. Amen. And I wanted to make another point. The reason why I believe that the Book of Mormon, why members believe it has so much power, is because if when you've read it as much as I have, you begin to see, and this is when I started to ask a lot of questions, you begin to see the influence of the occult throughout that book. Um... Case in point, the Bible strictly forbids speaking to any disembodied spirit. Right. It also strictly forbids the use of any kind of divination, right. chromancy, any kind of magic, peep stones, anything like that. Right. All revelation that came to Joseph Smith was through a peep stone. Right. The translation of the Book of Mormon came through a peep stone. Right. I believe that that power comes through the Book of Mormon, when you read it, to convince you to follow a false path that will lead you nowhere but to depression and feelings of inadequacy because you can't live up
0: to the standards of the church. Steve, I appreciate your uh, testimony and your insights. I've got the lines are jammed up. I've got to go to others, but thank you for calling. Call again. Bless you. God bless you. Hey, if the lines are uh, busy and uh, and you can't get through, keep calling. And we'll write your questions down, and we're gonna to get to all these questions. I promise you. We're going to Jason Ogden, line two. Jason, you're on.
5: Hey, what's going on, man? How are you doing? Same old. How are you doing? Um, yeah. All right. So, watching your program, and I just had a question: what your uh, view was on prophets, as it talks about in the Bible? Yeah. I barely tuned in when you explained used to be LDS, and yeah, what your opinion is on that.
0: Uh, My opinion is that, of course, I believe in the office of prophets, which was held by Moses and Isaiah and other prophets and prophetesses, actually. uh, And I believe in that office of the Old Testament. I believe all those prophets had a specific purpose, and that was to point to the future of Jesus Christ. And uh, when Jesus Christ came, he was the great high priest. He's He's the final prophet, and the prophets and the law were fulfilled in him. Now, I believe that the gift of prophecy is definitely part of the uh, body of Christ today and that every peop- everybody can have that gift if the Lord so uh, chooses to give it to them. Um, I think that it's difficult in the Christian church because you have some very strange, difficult things happening when people claim to have it. And it does create problems, but uh, the the Christian Church is not perfect by any means. It was going to have problems as foretold in, in Revelation. But I I think the office of prop prophet uh, is done away with with Christ. And I think the gift of prophecy and other spiritual gifts continue on. Oh uh,
5: uh, yeah, I just I just always thought you know I I'm, I work all the time, so I don't really brush up on my scriptures. But I just on the, the scripture I can't remember exactly where it's at, but it says for the Lord God will do nothing but reveal you can prophet.
0: That's good. it's a good quote and you know where it's from it's from Malachi and that's an Old Testament that's pre-Jesus. Now if you go to Hebrews which I'm going to read you this one verse I try not to do this because then we go into a scripture bath. but you know the Bible is the word and I do love it. one verse out of uh, Hebrews and let me just read this to you God who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in times past, unto the fathers by the prophets hath in these last days spoken unto us by his son whom he hath appointed heir of all things by whom also he made the worlds so it's saying that in times past yes in Malachi God wouldn't do anything unless he revealed it to the prophets but he reveals it all now he still reveals through his prophet Jesus Christ and Hebrews 1 that's where I got that uh, Jason is where I is where you might read and see what you think
5: Okay, um, so what's your opinion on the LDS's standpoint of uh, prophets nowadays?
0: I think that they, um, the LDS standpoint is they try to, uh, I could have this wrong, it's my opinion, but they try to perpetrate an image that the prophet uh, talks face to face with God, and they try to perpetrate the idea that he's the same type of prophet that Moses was. And this I categorically reject if there's any truth to that image.
5: Okay, I just, yeah. I always, my, my belief was always that, you know, I don't think, you know, they're just regular people like me, you and me, as you can see, you know, President Gordon B. Hinckley. Yeah. Uh, went through all that, uh, all that medical stuff. I don't know if you listened on the news, but he was pretty yeah. close to uh, deathbed there for a while.
0: Yeah, well, prophets have suffered since the beginning of the time, all of them. They suffer greatly. Uh, listen, I, I got a bunch of other lines, Jason. Keep calling, keep watching, and, and I hope okay. you find some uh, information on that. All right. Thanks, man. All right, bye bye, Bye -bye. Indy. Indy, you're on line one. Hi, Sean. Hi, how are
6: you? I'm good. I was just
3: wondering. I caught you were talking about the Bible. I understand that the LDS Church has their own uh, translation of the Bible. Yeah. And I was under, I, as I understand it, it was translated by Joseph Smith. And I was just wondering, since you have an LDS background, do you know if he translated that from the over 5,000 Greek manuscripts of the New Testament and the Old Hebrew no. the translation or the
8: English?
0: No. He tra- Joseph uh, was a very charismatic guy, and he translated it by the, well, the Latter-day Saints will say he translated it by the power of God, a revelation, and, or he did it by his own creativity and mind. And he essentially rewrote certain aspects of the uh, New and Old Testament, and interjected things that would make the LDS gospel more uh, palatable. All right. Well,
5: yeah. thanks, Sean. I was
3: just—I had one more question. Um, the King James version—does an LDS person hold that to be true, as far as it's translated correctly? Could they use strictly the King James version?
0: Yeah, they, the LDS Church authorizes—they use the uh, King James version, and and they hold the book to be. Uh, Good so far as it's translated correctly. There's a lot of things they don't agree with, as those quotes I read at the beginning with. But they use the Bible. I'm not saying they don't use it. And they include it in their scriptures, but they just uh, don't give it the same uh, allegiance and honor that they give the Book of Mormon, Doctrine and Covenants, or pro Great Price.
3: They wouldn't use any other version of the Bible?
0: No. uh, From the top down so far, they have not embraced any other version. Okay, Sean. All right. You take care, Andy. God bless. God bless you. Okay, Sue from West Valley. When she was a Mormon, she tried to bear fruit to get into the vine. Now that she is saved, she bears fruit because she is in the vine. A great message from Sue, a former Mormon. Uh, A question here. As from, uh, I can't read who it's from, John. As a born-again ex-Mormon, how do you feel about taking your name off the records? Is it something I should pursue? Uh, If you believe the Lord is leading you to take your names off the records of the church, Go for it, do it, and, uh, and if not, uh, continue to pursue the Lord with prayer and study of scripture until he tells you which way to go. Sorry if that's a lousy answer. It's the best I can think of right now. Uh, we're going to go to Matt on line three. Matt, you're up. How's it going? Hey, man, doing well. You? I'm doing great. Good. Um, I just had, I had a comment. Um... Hey, Matt, I don't mean to interrupt, but you got about 30 seconds
9: Okay, I think it's important that we do not pick a belief just because it justifies a behavior. Okay. And I, I, I think sometimes it, it takes that analysis that we're actually, um, we're actually living the way that we should, so that we don't, that we don't pick a belief that just allows us to, to be less than, than we, we have the potential.
0: I see. So you're saying that people who become Christians, for instance, my case, uh, I left the LDS church because I couldn't handle being a Mormon, and I went to a religion that was easier.
2: Well,
5: I I don't know. You tell me.
0: Yeah, I would have to say you're right. Um, I I left the LDS church because I was a sinner, um, and I knew that I could not overcome my own sin. And uh, because of that, it led me to being broken. And when I was broken, I went to God, and He changed my ability to overcome sin. And with that change, He changed my, my perspective. And with that change of perspective, I came to see the LDS doctrine as being fallible. Now, now the LDS church will say, well, you just weren't strong enough to do it. Well, I'll have to plead guilty. Well, but I, I would propose that most Latter-day Saints aren't strong enough to be LDS.
9: I, absolutely. I, do you still strive for excellence?
0: Absolutely. You know what? Um, is it Matt? Yes. Matt, I, oh, I wish my wife were here. I am such a better guy since coming to know the Lord. I obey commandments like a Pharisee. I am so into being righteous, whereas before I was just struggling to be good. And someone would cut me off and I was ready to kill them or whatever. You know, I had this outward trying to be righteous, but inward just... oh. And when the Lord changed my heart, I, I, I just uh, tell you, I became. And that's why my wife's still married to me after all these years, and my kids love me, and, and they let me do these shows and stuff because I'm a better man.
9: Well, I, th- I think that's great then.
0: Yeah, it is. Thanks. I appreciate it, Matt.
9: Thank G- you.
0: Keep watching, brother. Bye bye. Dylan, you're on line two. Dylan, you've got 30 seconds to say or do it. Oh, okay. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. You're on. All right. You got to turn your TV off if it's on. Okay. Mom, turn off the TV. (laughs) We got to hurry, Dylan. All right. Yeah, I'm ready. You got 20 seconds, Dylan. All right. Dylan?
6: Yeah? You go. Oh, hey, I thought you were the one guy. No. Oh, are you the real guy? I'm the guy.
0: You're on, man. Oh, I'm
6: sorry. (laughs) Um. Yeah, I just had a question. Stop to ask. kissing
0: your girlfriend and get on the. Come on. I'm just yeah, kidding.
6: Um, my grandma she forced me into the Mormon church. Uh huh. Pretty much, mm-hmm. and they say that once you're eight, you can make your own decision and everything. Uh huh. And I really didn't have my decision. Uh huh. And yeah, I don't feel like I belong. So do you have some advice of what I could say to my grandma?
0: Uh, I would. Well, you know what? How old are you now? I'm 14. Yeah i talk to your parents uh, because you want to you wanna go with your parents, but you know what I'd do? I mean, my advice to you is to pray and really pray, Dylan, and if your parents will let you, go to a Christian church that has kids your age and test that out till you find one that you think is something that you're going to like. Test it out. You may come back to the LDS church. I don't know, but test the other ones and, and give it a go. That would be my advice to you. But prayer and reading the Bible is my, my best advice. Yeah. All right, brother. All right. Thank Thanks for you. calling. Renz, you got you got twenty seconds, Renz. Hey,
1: what's up? Hey, good. Like your show, it's good. Thanks, man. Is uh, I got a question, a couple questions for you. Is uh, <laughs> is, uh is uh, is it? A, uh, are we predestined or is or do we have free agency?
0: Yeah, both. You're predestined to have free agency. How's that for an answer?
1: Oh, God knows if we are, if we're saved, but sure. we don't know.
0: God knows everything. Yeah. He knows everything we don't know. And I think that here's an element of predestination in life and there's an element of free will and they work together and God is uh, sovereign and and we are striving to know him and that whole thing works out. That's a great topic someday, but I can't do it now. I got to let you go, Ren. Take care. Listen, we're at the end of the show. There's only a few seconds left. I want to thank you for your calls. I hope that if I was too... Uh, a break- Um, or in your face. I apologize. That's not my intention. I respect uh, people of all faiths and strive to teach them about Jesus Christ. I pray that you will come to know Him, pray Him, worship to Him, and read the Bible. See you next week.
2: I'm on the ride Going nowhere the dawn's waiting till a hundred monkeys know And I can feel the light till monkeys start